Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. This morning, I'm going to be speaking about discipleship. And uh, you may be wondering, like, well, I mean, isn't that something that, you know, you do after you come to know the Lord, like this is some thing that happens later on, and, and I would say no, it's not. It's what we do and who we are is dis- being disciples when we come to know God, to know Christ, when we ask Him into our lives. And in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen and 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples... Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. (laughs) So, this word go, like, first of all, I I love this scripture. I I always have. And just studying it, and really, you know, I don't know if you noticed, I've been preaching over things that uh, were the things that happened and the things that Jesus said and where he was and showed up uh, after Easter and what he was speaking to his disciples, the people that he came in contact with, those kind of things and leading us out of this Easter that we had, an amazing Easter, but continuing on kind of in that, in that way, those things that he said. And this is something that I've always loved, this scripture. It says, go therefore and make disciples. It doesn't say go therefore and uh, win people to the Lord and that's it. Or it doesn't even, you know, tell us that making disciples is something is secondary. What it says is go and make disciples of who? Everybody, all the nations, everybody, everywhere, everybody that comes to know him is a disciple and is a disciple maker. This word go, it means to pursue the journey on which one has entered or to continue on one's journey. And I, I love that, that, that's the description of this. He's saying, go, right? He's telling this group of people here that he was speaking to right before he went away. And, and he, says, he says, go, but he's speaking to them and saying, continue on in the journey that you have started. That's what this word go means. It doesn't mean I'm sending you away or I'm sending you to do this thing. It means I am just saying, continue what you're supposed to be doing. Just do what I've called you to do and what you're supposed to do as you come to know me. So go to pursue. Enter the journey and continue on in it. That is what he's telling us today. And something interesting about 
This journey that we're called into is this journey is not a selfish journey. It's not about us, it's about others. Nowhere in this Bible does it tell me that the whole reason that Christ, well, I mean, he did come to save us. But the calling of his people, when they come to know him, is to help others. It's to not just think of ourselves. And and I, you know, I don't know all the history and I didn't look up when these things have changed and all that stuff, but it hasn't been till more recently I was, well, I mean, I don't know what recently it would be, maybe the past couple hundred years, but But that being a Christian is, is become about ourselves. In this Bible, and what these scriptures tell me, it was, it was never just about, okay, now I have this relationship and now I can feel okay and I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to to help others, or I don't have to love people, or I don't have to, you know, help others find Christ like I've found Him. It it doesn't say that in here. It's like one of the, sorry, not sorry, you know? Sorry I have to bring it hard today, but not sorry because it's what the Bible says. It's not about us. It's about others. It doesn't say in this scripture, go and, (laughs) it doesn't say, do your daily devotions, and then you'll be doing what I've called you to do. It It doesn't even, it doesn't even say, help others. Or give to the poor. And what I would submit to you is the reason that it doesn't say that is because those things don't make a disciple. Those things come from a disciple. Those things come from someone. It's, it's not what makes it. It's the product of. That when we understand this and, and how he's telling us that that. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and, and make and, and teach people to live like I have taught you to live and, and call out of them who they are supposed to be and how they're supposed to live. That when you do that, it will produce all these things in their life because they are coming and being who they're supposed to be. So it says, make disciples. And this word, of course, means to be the disciple of one or to follow his precepts or instructions. To be a disciple is is one that follows the instructions of the one that he is following. We got a lot of instructions here. And a lot, of us, a lot of us even know a lot of them and even memorize them. Again, sorry, not sorry. 
But how many of us are actually following the instructions the way that they have been taught to us? And I say that to myself because, you know, sometimes I lose track of that too. You know, when you're in the car and somebody cuts you off or, you know, any of these, you know, when your kids are being real bad, like mine usually do. No, just kidding. I'm just sorry. I'm just joking. But are we actually following the instructions the way that we should? What does he mean by making a disciple? And here's and he tells us. Back in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. How? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Bringing them into. But it's not just bringing them in, into. It's not just helping them to, to come to this point of knowing Christ. And then baptizing them in the name of the Father, or the Son, or the Holy Spirit. He's saying, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what the church is for. No, I'm sorry. It's what all of us are supposed to be doing. And take what I mean by this, but the, the church isn't the one, isn't the place that everybody's supposed to be getting reconciled with God and saved. It does happen there, here. It does happen in church. But again, that's a new thing that's happened where all of a sudden now it's like, oh, well, that's where people need to come in order to find God and in order to learn about who he is and, and in order to become a disciple and be teached and or taught, not teached. You can tell I'm not an English teacher. <laughs> in order to be taught and to grow, that's a newer thing. Now, it does happen here, but really, first and foremost, the job of the church is to further on our walk with the Lord, not to specifically just get us to that place. The call of God's people is to help others come to know Him. I'm not saying that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to, you know, have altar calls. And we're not, I'm not saying that. We are going to do that. We do that. But what I'm saying is, are we all picking up the calling of what God has called us into? Are we all doing, are we all being what God has... Who God has made us to be. Making disciples of all the nations. Disciples make disciples. They make disciples. I mean, that's how this thing happened. That's how we are here. And what I, I'm feeling, just God speaking to us today, is to not forget that, that we, when we come to know Him, 
are supposed to continue on in helping others come to know him. That it's not somebody else's job, but it's our job. All of us. First and foremost, to live and to learn to be a disciple, to be one who lives and learns from others that have gone before us and, and do, uh, that are able to impart into us and to teach us, no matter how old we are, no matter what position we are. We don't get to a place where we stop being. In order to disciple or teach people, you have to be someone that can be taught continually. Side note, I do have a a really big pet peeve about people that want to tell people how to do things but won't listen. That think that they're right and won't take instruction. That's the end of my side now, by the way. Can't teach unless you're being taught. And this word, disciple, or to make disciples, it's not a second-level Christian. Right? There's not levels. This isn't one of those kind of clubs. There's not coming to know Christ and then, you know, if you do all these things and take all these steps, then you might become a disciple. Or you might be able to help somebody else. You might be able to teach them what God has taught you. No. It's not some second level It's who we are when we come to know him. And somehow we think like that being a Christian and being a disciple is something totally different. That these words mean something different. In Acts 11, 26, it says, Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Really, it's one of these things where, where these, these words were used interchangeably because they were the same thing. There wasn't some difference between somebody that came to know Christ and then somebody that is a disciple. And we kind of think that because, you know, like, oh, Jesus had, you know, the 12, you know, the 12 disciples. He had those that he taught. But they weren't some, like, elite group. You know, I mean, imagine, he did, it wasn't because he picked the cream of the crop. He actually picked the ones that probably needed the most help. And some of them we can even see in the scripture that they were the most a mess. 
had a temper. And, and, you know, had this issue, you know, who do you, who you love the best? You know, who, who's your favorite? Jesus, you know? Like they had, they had issues. It wasn't because they were something special. It was because he knew that he had to have his inner crew that he taught all the time so that they could go teach other people. It was just a fact of you can't teach a hundred people as much as you can teach 12 so that they can go teach more and then they can go teach more and they can go teach more. And that brings me to how I will tell you that right here, this, what I'm doing, isn't the best way to disciple people. And that's why we all need to be involved and why we can't say, oh, well, people get that when they come to Sunday morning. No, you don't. We get encouraged. We learn. We do grow. But you know how people get discipled is by doing life with them, is by walking. He didn't didn't take those 12 and and say, okay, once a week, I'm going to sit here and preach to you and then I'm going to go away. And then come, we'll come back next Sunday. No, what they learned and what they taught and how they did things was they did life together and instructed and taught along the way while they were eating, while they were walking, while they were, you know, working. Everything that they were doing, they were instructing on how to live for God, on how to come to know Christ. And how to live, right? Like I said, teaching them to do all the things that I've commanded you. They did that on the daily, day to day, walking with each other and talking. Hmm. Philippians 3.17 says, Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Saying, follow, follow me. How do you disciple people? You, act, you say, <laughs> you have to be walking a way that others should walk. You have to be teachable and taught in order to teach. I, I, don't, I don't want to ask people to follow in my footsteps and say, here, I want to teach you how to walk with Christ whenever I don't know how to walk with Christ. But we lead by example. Not lead by just telling somebody what to do. Is our life an example for those around us? Not how much scripture I can tell them, but how I act and walk tomorrow. And what I do tomorrow, is that going to be an example that somebody would want to follow? But not only that, should follow. 
Am I going to have a good attitude? Am I going to be loving? Am I going to love people? Are we going to love people how we should? And deal with situations like we should, relationally. All right, you guys are getting a little quiet. You're, you're, you're awake, right? Okay. <laughs> and it's not, it's not, what we've been called to is not just to talk with people about what it is to know Christ. You know, we, we think that like, here, here's what it is. I can tell you. Here's how to live. But it's also to show them why we are to live that way. And how we are to live that way. You know, one of the things with, with, that I've learned with raising kids is that telling them, no, you can't do that, is not the best way. And just say, you know, you know, it's one of those things. Like, why shouldn't I do it? Because I said so. Why should I follow Christ? Because I said so. You know, I feel like sometimes that's how we are. Why, why should I come to know him? Because I said so. Because it's good. Because, you know, he wants you to. But raising kids, I've learned that one of the best ways to help my kids to make the right decision next time is to tell them why we shouldn't be doing what, we're, what they were doing. Why we should live how, how we should live. Just telling somebody no, you know what that does? It makes them want to do it. <laughs> tell me no. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> no, I, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe everybody's not like this, but well, actually Vernon was just telling me, Grandma, you didn't hear this. It was when we were out in the garage and, and Vernon was saying, <laughs> look at them on their faces. He said, you tell him to stop, you know, whenever he's out doing stuff, you know, he's doing too much. And he said, well, you know what that does? It just makes me want to do it more. <laughs> he's like, oh, don't tell me I can't do it. Grandma's like, you need a rest. He's like, I'm going to go out and lift some rocks. <laughs> but I'm the same way, you know? I, I think I've said this before, but this one time, Tori and I, we were somewhere. I was vacation or something. And, and I, another thing, if you haven't been here a whole long time, you don't know this, but like I love water. And my brothers and I love water. And we like love to try to hold our breath and swim as far as we can underwater, all this stuff. So anyway, Tori and I were at this place. And I was like, ooh, this is a long, like really wide swimming pool. I was like, do you think that that was, Tori was sitting there. I was like, you think I could swim all the way across it under the water? And she's like, 
No. <laughs> but the thing was, is she just knows me, right? And it wasn't because she didn't think I could do it, but she knew that I was definitely going to do it if she said no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can. Yes, I can. I, I'm going to show you. And she's like, I know you are. <laughs> and I swam all the way under that water, all the way across the pool, you know. But that, that is how we react most of the time when somebody says, just don't do it. Just don't live that way. But if we go around just telling people not to do it, they're not going to know why and they're not going to know how and, and, and they're not going to really learn this stuff. It's why we got to walk with them. Philippians 3.18, it says, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things for our citizenship is in heaven, for which we also eagerly, eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Anyone can power through something or have just the strength to, to kind of get away from some kind of thing that they don't want to do for a while. I've tried it before. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm, a, I'm not going to do this anymore. This isn't the way that God wants me to act or what he wants me to do. I'm just... I'm going to stop doing that. And you know what I did for a while? It may last a week, a month, but without a true transformation or God working and doing something actually in my life and allowing Him to work on me without somebody coming alongside of me and helping me in that walk, I am only able to do it on my own strength for so long, and then I will fail. I need somebody to walk beside me, to grab my arm and say, hey, let me help you in this thing. I need somebody alongside me to say, hey, let me, let me speak some scripture over you and in your life to tell you who Christ is and what he's done for you and why you have the strength, not because it's your strength, but because he is with you and he is working in you and he will change you and he will work this thing out in your life. He will heal it. He will restore it. I'm no different than anybody else. We all need those people to walk alongside of us to help us in this journey. And 
Others need our help. They need us to come to walk alongside them and to help them. Hebrews 12. Which, did I give you 12 through 15? I'm not sure. I'm going to read 12 through 15 anyways. Okay. Hebrews 12. 12 it says, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble, and by this may become defiled. First and foremost, it's saying that we need to strengthen our hands and our feet and our feeble knees. We need this before we can help others in it. We need to pursue peace. Anybody need to hear that? You don't have to raise your hand, but I mean, I think a lot of us need that. There's probably somebody that we need to pursue peace with. That we need to reconcile with. Pursue peace and holiness. No, we're not holy, right? We can't be holy in and of ourselves, but Christ is holy. And Him in us is making us holy every day that we walk with Him. Coming closer to Him. And without that, without Him, bringing holiness to us and helping us become holy like He is holy. Without that, no one will see the Lord. Again, in Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We're all disciples. The question is, who are we following? We're all discipling people, no matter who we are. The question is, what are we teaching them? And I think in, in this scripture, in this message, my encouragement, what I feel like God's speaking to me is, even in my own life, is am I allowing people to come around me to, to help me walk with strength and integrity? 
and also the people that I am teaching, because I am, whether it's, even if it was just my kids or just the people at work that, that would be looking to see how you are living, what am I teaching them? What do they see by how I walk out each day of my life? But it should be even much more than that, that we should actually pursue to help people to come to know Christ and not just think, think that somebody else is going to do it and not just think that the church is going to do it. But to understand that each and every one of us God has called to walk alongside others to help them come to know Him better and to know Him more. So who are we teaching? Would you stand with me? And what are we teaching them? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.